0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the conclusion of the AFC West. The summer heat wave is coming to a close. 32 teams in 32 days, every single fantasy-relevant player, only with BrotoFantasy.com. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brothers, the only two twins, bringing you the heat, the sexy, nipple heat, Michael Jason Petrop.
1: Go Chargers, go.
0: Go Chargers, go. You just guys you just ignored me saying sexy nipple heat. Yeah. Um, what do you want us to respond? The Broto to that. Fantasy Football Podcast happens twice a week. Uh during the season, actually three times a week. But we preview not every one. single fantasy not two. Not Relevant three player three times. Uh it's twice her- Michael shut up. Four of your Patreon. during the week. So don't forget to come check us out. Brotofantasy.com, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy for a ton of extras and to support the show. BrotoFantasy.com for, for our articles, our exclusive stat, true values, and tons, tons, tons more. Also, you can check out our rankings there. Don't go into drafts without those rankings. And don't forget Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy for tons of extras. The Anthony Lynn-led uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego Chargers there. Uh, <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers are being led by a different quarterback this, this year. So let's get into the quarterback debate. Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert, um, from what it seems, Ty- Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter. But I think just like the last time Tyrod Taylor was a starter, you have a guy waiting behind him that's just waiting to take his job, and that guy is Justin Herbert. Now, is he in the same ranking as Baker Mayfield was as a rookie? No, but still, first-round pick, sixth overall, a young guy that they want to get in there, They especially if the team gets down and loses a couple games which they have a pretty good defense so it's not it's not guaranteed um but yeah tyrod taylor versus justin herbert i don't think either of these guys are going to be owned although tyrod taylor does have an uh i mean good little i guess floor with his running ability as a streamer um, how do you think this is affecting the offense as a whole though this quarterback position am i a little crazy to think tyrod taylor Could actually be
1: stream worthy to start the season.
0: You know what, Jason? Like, I when I when I was looking at this, I was like, Tyrod Taylor is such a Jason quarterback. Because remember when you were all over Alex Smith for years, like you would just draft Alex Smith in in the like twelfth round and you'd win the championships with Alex Smith as your quarterback, like over and over and over again. I feel like Tyrod Taylor got a lot of Alex Smith vibes. Sure, I mean he's he's because he's gonna have a high
1: floor. And sometimes that's what you want from your quarterback, because no one's talking about Anthony Lynn. You know who that guy was—the Bills' offensive coordinator when Tyrod Taylor made his name. And in the last two seasons that Tyrod Taylor played, he was sixth in fantasy points per dropback. Now that was 2015 and 2016, but he's still a running quarterback. And the beginning of the season for the Chargers is they face Cincinnati, KC, and Carolina. These so three juicy matchups. Yeah, not too shabby. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's done. The Chargers don't think he's done. Anthony Lynn brought him in. I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to stick around all year. I don't think he's a viable option because Herbert's going to take over. I don't think the Chargers are going to be a playoff team. But he has some streaming appeal in the beginning of the season. But that's what I'm saying with Tyrod Taylor. Like The last time he used a starting quarterback was in 2017. And who are you really going to start Tyrod Taylor over? Like, you're not going to exit your draft with Tyrod Taylor as your starting quarterback. And there's a chance he loses his job to Herbert halfway through the season, if not earlier. So I don't really see any appeal with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I'd rather start like Joe Burrow, who's going as like the QB 16-17. Start Sam Darnold, who's going as like the QB 21 or something of that sort. Like, I, I don't really have interest in starting Tyrod Taylor, and he's someone you're not going to be able to trust the entire season. So what's the point? I guess I'm making yep. a DFS argument for him. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he, I, I could see one of the first three weeks being a big week. I'm just unlikely to start him.
0: You know what's crazy with the Chargers, how they can't seem to get everything together? Looking at this this, this um roster, this is probably the best offensive line they've had in a while. They have really good weapons on the outside. They have a really good running back then their defense is full of playmakers, just absolutely full of playmakers, whether it's Derwin James. They just brought in Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward. Uh, they just drafted Kenneth Murray in the first round. They brought in Nick Vigil, who's like one of those quarterbacks uh, on the defensive end. They have Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, like the, Linville Joseph they, they just brought in. Like that is a, a star-studded defense. So I feel like they're always just like this one piece away from being good. Um one of those pieces that is never away is Keenan Allen, who's been an absolute beast for them uh, for the last however many years Keenan Allen has played, a bunch of years, five years or so. Um, More than that. Keenan Allen was Philip Rivers' favorite. Uh, if you guys have been watching uh, Hard Knocks, you could see Keenan Allen is still the same fast, uh, extremely great route runner known around the league as one of the better route runners in the league. Um, Are you worried enough about Keenan Allen with the quarterback situation to keep him off your team right now? So Keenan Allen is someone
1: I addressed in the true value report because I wanted to see what what we could expect this season with Tyrod Taylor slash Justin Herbert at the helm rather than Phillip Rivers. In 2019, Keenan Allen's true target value was 4.099, which placed him as the expected wide receiver 10. He ended as wide receiver 8 in PPR leagues, despite seeing passes from 18th-ranked true throw value QB, Phillip Rivers. So he slightly outperformed expectations. And let's not forget, this is a guy who has caught at least 97 passes in each of the last three seasons. But for the first time in his career, he no longer has Phillip Rivers as his quarterback. He has Tyrod Taylor. I looked back at the last couple years and looked at rookie quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, all of the rookies from the last two years, and looked at their average true throw value. The average true throw value for a rookie quarterback the last two seasons was .377, or QB 31. Now, how much better is Tyrod Taylor going to be than the average rookie? Tyrod Taylor hasn't started a football game in two years. And two years ago, he got benched after three games in Cleveland. So he has not been a legit starting quarterback since 2017, and he's now 31 years old. So how good, how much better can he be than Justin Herbert or how as good as Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or Lamar Jackson and that mix was? If you use the uh, .377 or rookie QB true throw value, Keenan Allen would have been wide receiver 21 last season. So that's right around where his ADP is going. Uh, he's actually going wide receiver 22, I believe. So I don't hate it. I think Keenan Allen's a decent pick there. The problem for me with Keenan Allen is how are we supposed to trust a guy with Tyrod Taylor leading the offense? Like this is going to be a run first team. Tyrod Taylor uses his, leg, his legs, not his single leg. He's a good <laughs> hopper. <laughs> So, I don't know how trustworthy Keenan Allen's going to be. He's been this super consistent guy for years now, but 97 receptions three years in a row. Do I think he's going to catch a 97 receptions from Tyrod Taylor? No. Slash Justin Herbert? No, I don't.
0: Which means you're probably down on him because he's a volume guy rather than yeah, a play guy. Yeah, and that's
1: where he makes his money. So, at his current ADP, I don't hate it. I think he's decent. I think he's more of a, I want a solid floor type guy. Definitely not a I'm looking, I'm chasing upside type guy. Like if you're chasing upside and you take someone like DJ Chark, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, all those guys could get you a huge week. I think Keenan Allen is more along the lines of I want 10 to 15 points this week. I'll draft Keenan Allen or I'll start Keenan Allen. Not someone I've been been targeting myself in fantasy drafts thus far, but he should end up being similar value to where he's going right now.
0: He's a good guy if you got a guy like Kenny Galladay or Mike Evans as your number one guy, guys who can explode, but guys who could also disappear because they're such big play guys. Keenan Allen has that safe floor. Speaking of big play guys, Mike Williams has spent the last two years being two completely different people. Um, two years ago, he was the almost exclusively using the red zone, scored 10 touchdowns, and then last year, ended up getting 1,000 yards on 50 catches. He led the yeah. league in yards per reception over 20. So he went from red zone guy to big play guy. I love the talent of Mike Williams. Uh, you guys laughed at me that I said Mike Williams is um, a great – I don't remember what list we put him on, but I put him on some kind of list. Yeah, you put um, him on
1: three years from now or two years from now, one of those, two or three years from now, wide receiver being drafted in the first round that you wouldn't expect.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could still, I could still see that happening for Mike Williams if – Justin Herbert pans out um, because I believe in things
1: you ever did on this podcast.
0: Um, We'll see in two years. Um, Mike Williams, though. His opportunity is not great this year because he is that big play guy. Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback who doesn't tend to take those risks, although, you know, Justin Herbert, maybe it's hard for me to find for me to find the way to have Mike Williams on my team. Now, can I imagine that he might be good in the later date? Sure, because I believe in his talent. Um, but I just don't see the opportunity being there for him to be on my team week one.
1: Yeah, Mike Williams is someone I've been fading hard basically every year that he's been in the league. Um, and, I mean, it hasn't been a bad fade. He hasn't been a great fantasy player. Last year, he was very good in yards per reception, but he was still very inconsistent. And now Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, and he's out two to four weeks with a shoulder injury. And who knows if that could be re-aggravated. This is a guy who has dealt with injuries in his past as well. And Tyrod Taylor slash Justin Herbert is supposed to is supposed to support Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. No, like I this is hilarious actually. Someone on Twitter, I put up a hundred bucks. He put up fifty. He said Mike Williams is going to outscore Robert Woods in PPR. Yikes. That's going to be the easiest fifty bucks I'll ever make in my Yikes. life. Yikes. But I just, yeah. Mike Williams is...
0: Someone also. Someone also bet us that Teddy Bridgewater would be a top six QB. Yikes. Yeah. We should just yeah. quit
1: podcasting and make bets on Twitter. Yeah, larger yeah, that'd,
0: bets. Yeah, will be fine. Anyways,
1: uh, yeah, regarding Mike Williams, he's just not someone I'm actively targeting either. I don't want a piece of this passing offense, and I don't think that's a crazy thing to say.
0: What about Hunter Henry? Let's go over to the tight end because Hunter Henry, you know that if rookie quarterbacks come in, they tend to look for their... They're tight ends and Hunter Henry has proven to be one of the more talented tight ends in the league. Um, he should see volume. So, uh, regardless, so is Hunter Henry yeah. someone in this passing game that you might consider?
1: So look, Hunter Henry, he missed all of twenty eighteen. Played twelve games his rookie season in twenty seventeen. Twelve games last season. So if you want to talk about someone who's injury prone, sign up Hunter Henry you for that want talk. To talk
0: but... about injuries. <laughs> what the hell? Like the, that that's was, not even that like that was really bad. That was terrible. It's not I like apologize. there's. If someone pulls I'm on that referenced out, out of their ass, like, God bless you for enjoying that. But that was horrible. You want to talk
1: about mother. Well, that's what it from actually white, is white, from chicks, white yeah. chicks. Anyways, he was seventh in the league in points per game in 2017, eighth last season. So every time this guy's on the field, he's been productive. But guess what? Phillip Rivers is gone. Tyrod Taylor's his quarterback. And some some have been pointing out. You know, Charles Clay was good when Tyron Taylor was his quarterback for the Bills. True. Wrong. Tyron Taylor wasn't—excuse me, Charles Clay wasn't good. Tim <laughs> said true. See? Said wrong. No, I don't blame Tim because <laughs> right. it's it's the— no,
0: because it's true because, like, you got to think about it How again. about you let Tied, me finish, Tim. Tight ends. Go ahead, go ahead. Yes,
1: exactly. The sentiment is overall something everyone believes to be true, but it's because Charles Clay was just healthy. And played every game. For fantasy purposes, though, in points per game, he was nineteenth, twenty-third, and fourteenth. So in points per game, he was never a weekly viable option.
0: I mean, fourteenth for Charles Clay in points per game with Tyrod Taylor. You gotta, you gotta admit that that bodes well for those targets going to to Hunter Henry instead.
1: I mean, sure, Hunter Henry's better than Charles Clay, but I'm just saying Tyrod Taylor gets this rap that he's a tight end is going to be good type of guy. When, yeah, he targets the tight end, but guess what? He doesn't throw enough for those. Even if he targets the tight end, I'm not sure exactly how much, but say it's a 25% clip, that's 25% of, like, 25 throws instead of, like, 20% of 40 throws for someone like Matt Stafford. So all because it's a higher target share, it doesn't mean they're seeing more targets. So that's the problem I have with Hunter Henry, is someone who Tyrell Taylor is now 31 years old, coming off of two years as a backup, and now is starting again. Justin Herbert is looming. And Hunter Henry is injury prone. When you could draft someone like TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Jonu Smith, Chris Herndon, literally rounds later, why would you possibly draft Hunter Henry in the 7th or 8th round? I'm not going to have him on any teams. Yeah, I just I I can't buy Hunter Henry at his current ADP with the team around him. I'm just not interested in any of the pass catchers at their ADP unless it drops significantly, which it has not to this point. So I don't see why it would.
0: Michael has carefully been careful about his language, saying he's not interested in any of the pass catchers. Yeah, knowing that he's interested in a running back. Oh, pass that catcher. running back name is Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler has been a guy that we have all, we have been touting his abilities for the last three seasons. Last year, it came to fruition in a giant way. Um, you know, we did have our misses last year. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, uh, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster, <clears throat> Allen Robinson. Like, we each had our, our, our misses last year, but we also, not for nothing, murdered the middle rounds, the four, five, and six-type areas, and Austin Eckler was one of those guys. Now, Austin Eckler, when you're getting him in the fifth round, was an absolute no brainer, duh pick in hindsight. Second round, Austin Eckler, with no Melvin Gordon, with the quarterback situation we're talking about, with the new contract. How are you guys feeling about Austin Eckler this season? He's just so good. And he's a
1: beast. Like he gets the rap that he's a small guy, man, but he's a beast. The only concern is Tyrod Taylor, right? Like, if Philip Rivers was still the quarterback, he'd be a first-round pick. No-brainer. But you know who is creeping into the first round? Someone we love a lot, Miles Sanders. And -hmm. in half PPR leagues last year, Austin Eckler performed better than Miles Sanders in the second half of the season. That was with... And Miles Sanders killed the second half of the season. Exactly. Miles Sanders killed the second half of the season. He was the main guy. And Melga was healthy in the second half of the season. So Eckler's no slouch. And... After week four last year, he did not have a game with double-digit rushes, was still an RB1. Like, he just does some crazy shit. He was sixth in fantasy points per game last season. He averaged over one fantasy point per touch in his career. (laughs) (laughs) Over one fantasy point per touch in his career. That is his average. That's absurd. This guy just needs to get the ball in his hands. And look, Shady McCoy's pace... In 16 games with Tyrod Taylor, last time Taylor was the starting quarterback, 68 targets, 52 receptions, 408 yards. That's a good stat. That's That's not bad.
0: That's that's a stat that I did not have that makes me like Austin Eckler a little bit more. I I started getting a little tingly, not going to lie.
1: And Shady wasn't lining up in the slot and out wide either, which Austin Eckler does. That's only backfield receptions for Shady. That's correct. And let me... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Keep going. uh, First of all... What was I going to say? Um, I don't know. Yeah, they us. have the same offense. Anthony Lynn's still there, so he's still going to be lined up outside and stuff like that. Less audibles because of Philip Rivers, but that's okay. But here's the thing. The Chargers were 28th in rush attempts last season. So wow. even if we think that Austin Eckler is going to get less receiving work, why can't he get more rushes? Everyone's just disclude, just. Throwing that option out the window. Excluding is not a Excluding. Word. There's excluding that option. <laughs> that he can't get more rushes. I like Eckler. And man. the thing to me with Eckler, too, is people forget that he is an absolute stud whenever he is alone in that backfield. Whenever Melgo wasn't playing, Austin Eckler was a no-brainer. Yes, I have a top three running back this week. He was the second overall running back last year behind Christian McCaffrey until Melgo came back. And then he was still a running back one with Melgo there. He had one game last season in PPR leagues where he scored less than 10. One game. So it's not even like he was super up and down. He was up up and slightly up. That was his down. So I don't understand why people are sleeping on Austin Eckler so hard just because, just because they signed Josh Kelly I mean, excuse me, drafted Joshua Kelly. Like So what? Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are not going to take as many rushes away as Melgo did, and Austin Eckler's main concern is pass catching, and he's still going to be a big-time pass catcher this season. Even if he doesn't have 92 receptions and 993 receiving yards, those are ridiculous numbers. Even if it comes down a little bit, it's still justifiable drafting him in the second round.
0: Austin Eckler ended as the RB6 last season, and his opportunity was so much less than that. Just to give you an, uh, an idea, his snap share, 57%, which is he was on the field 57% of the time. That's 18th in the league. Remember, he finishes the running back six. His opportunity share, which means the amount of passes and rushes that he saw at his position, 46%. So he, see, he saw less than half of the work at running back last year for the Chargers, number 33 in the league. Um, percentage of, of team run plays per game. The Chargers, like you mentioned, were 28th overall. He was 34th in the league with 132 carries. He what, only had 27 red zone touches, which was 27th in the league. All of these numbers are going to go up. I mean, that's, that's common sense. He doesn't have Melvin Gordon in front of him anymore. His opportunity will only grow. And I don't see how you can say that he won't get better. And I can say this out loud because the Twins are drafting in in positions that won't affect this. But I'm drafting number four in our fantasy league uh, that we're doing tomorrow, by the way, in our home league.
1: Obviously, in the second round.
0: I am hoping... Alvin, I mean, uh, after Alvin Kamara that I drafted in the first round, I'm praying to the Lord Jesus that Austin Eckler falls. I mean,
1: Tim, if I don't have Sanders and Clyde edwards jalear there's a good shot I even draft Austin Eckler at the turn. I mean,
0: it's not because you're trying to cock-block me, so I don't mind saying it out loud because I know, Jason, unless Kenyon Drake is there, which in some mocks he's fallen to me, you're not getting Austin Eckler. Sorry, buddy. I didn't expect to.
1: Honestly, I think Johnny's going to take him. He had him last year. Johnny loves Eckler.
0: That's true. Um, I had him last year in a bunch of leagues, too. All right. Um, It's like the Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson. Depending on what day and what beat writer you read, one of them's a starter, one of them's not. Is it worth rostering either of these guys? Look, a second running back in L.A. is fantasy viable.
1: We've seen that. Two second running backs... Not so much. And they're all kind of the same player. Eckler's 5'10", 200, extremely talented, super ripped. But then <laughs> Justin Jackson, six one ninety eight. Kelly, 5'11", 2'19". They obviously have a style they like.
0: I mean, 2'19 is a lot high, a lot bigger than two hundred. Yeah, and that's Just why Kelly's
1: that not the most elusive runner, but he does have good breakaway speed. He'll find a gap. And that's what they've been saying at a camp as well. Like, that's what he did well in college. And at a camp, they're saying he can find a gap and break away. Jackson's decent between the tackles. He's nothing special. But there's two guys in this one role, and that's an issue because it's not a Phillip Rivers-led offense either. If I'm taking a shot on anyone, it's Kelly. My one injury away, spoiler, is going to be Kelly because I just don't think Justin Jackson has the skill set to be super useful. We've seen him not do that. But right now, as it is, neither of them are attractive.
0: I mean, they don't even have the draft capital. Like, Justin Jackson's seventh-round pick, and then you got Joshua Kelly, who was a fourth-round pick, and although second-round and third-round picks for running backs often do pan out, the hit rate after the fourth round, I mean, fourth-round and on on running backs, is extremely low. So you don't really see that many first-round running backs. Almost all of them hit. And then you have... The guys in the second and third round that have a pretty good hit rate and then almost no one from the fourth round and on um, becomes a superstar. So um, it, it's, it's a long shot, and I think I think Austin Eckler is going to, again, surprise people. Somehow he went from overrated to underrated in, in the course of a, a month where no games have been played. Um, that's the story of Austin Classic Eckler. Classic Austin Eckler. Um, is that it? One oh one injury away. Jason, you already said Justin Jackson. Michael, how about you do? I said Joshua Kelly, kid. I'm also also going with
1: Joshua Kelly. As I made it very clear, I'm not interested in the pass catchers.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Joshua Kelly as well. I think we agree on that. All right, let's wrap it up. I was going to say let's get to the next position. There is no (laughs) more positions. Oh, actually, there's just something I want to say. Shady defense to own. I think Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over that much. They're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, they're going to have a lot of the West Coast offense, where the, the even the passes are going to be like runs, and I think they're going to hold the ball for a long time. And I think the defense is going to have a chance to do some things. They have a really good secondary: Chris Howard Jr., Casey Hayward, Derwin James. They could rush the passer. Chris Harris, um, not Chris Howard, man. No, Chris, Chris Harris. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, their defense is is phenomenal. So I'm, I'm you know that me and my sleeper defense that I try and get every year. Two years ago, it was the. It was Chicago last year. It was the Ravens, even though they weren't a sleeper, and it was the the Saints. Uh, this year, I'm 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 looking at the at the Chargers as the team that I'm trying to get their defense. Uh, yeah, the they have a good run. defense. Um, Michael, where can they find you?
1: At Brodo FF Mike. Jason. At Brotoff Jason. Yeah. You can find
0: me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. Find everything we do, Brotofantasy.com to support the show. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Next time you hear from us, it will be tomorrow, and it will be in the NFC West to cap off the summer heat wave. It seems like we've been doing this forever. We have. I kind of can't wait to start talking about, like, current events again. Forever. Um, So four more days of the summer heat wave. And then, just so you know, we're back to regular episodes. We're not taking it off until uh, the season starts. So stay with us, the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast and BrotoFantasy.com. Later. Do Later. You.